This is Stephen Strang. One of the greatest moral issues of our day is the issue of abortion. And very recently, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down the Louisiana abortion law that would have required abortion doctors to have privileges at a local hospital so that the life of the mother or the baby, if it survived, could be rushed to the hospital. And the Supreme Court struck this down 5-4. It's one of the most momentous decisions the Supreme Court has made in recent years. And today I'm interviewing my longtime friend, Ken Joseph Jr., who is actually up in Washington right now. And uh, he agreed to do a podcast after he sent us a very interesting op-ed about how after this great uh, Supreme Court decision was handed down, it was like no Christians were there. And so I wanted to talk about it. And so welcome to my podcast, first of all, Ken, and tell me what happened, what you saw, and even describe where you are today and what's happening. Well, um, I, I have the special honor today of being, uh, we're literally looking out to the left is the Supreme Court, and then to the right is the Senate, and right in front of me is one of my heroes, uh, Dick Simmons, who uh, we consider one of the fathers uh, of charisma as well. But um, it's an amazing place, and for, for almost 30 years, Dick's been here right across the street from literally uh, the Supreme Court and the Senate. So we're looking out right on that scenery, and we can see the Capitol behind that. Well, of course, there have been a lot of protests lately. Most of them are really anarchists who are using, you know, problems in our culture, uh, you know, mainly having to do with uh, race relations to uh, protest all kinds of things and tearing down statues and everything else, and like everything's a big deal, and the left shows up and with hundreds and of thousands, but you're telling me that after this Supreme Court decision that really no Christians went there to protest, what's going on? Well, um, I think what was particularly um, kind of striking to me was just two days previously, literally right down the street here, was the uh, where they had the, it's called the Lincoln Memorial, the Lincoln Monument, uh, Emancipation Monument, and, I mean, it was quite amazing. You know, you show up at an hour before, and the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter people are there. They have deliveries. Uh, and within minutes, there's literally hundreds of people there, in spite of all this, you know, the virus. And I was so struck by the... Uh, and then, you know, when we spoke earlier, we were at the White House, the same thing, probably 10,000 people there. And I was really struck by the the, the, the commitment, the dedication... And, I mean, looking around, it was almost all young, you know, college women. It was just really, really striking. So um, as soon as we, you know, heard, we watched on TV that the uh, Supreme Court uh, case had come down, well, you know, we got ready and rushed over to the Supreme Court as soon as we could. And, um, and I turned the corner, and usually you can hear a sound. So I, I was sure there'd be some that probably a couple hundred people there, you know, um, after the ruling. And I turned the corner, and there was nobody there. <laughs> I was really, you know, stunned. And Now, there's stunned. always somebody in front of the Supreme Court protesting something or holding up sign, but you're, what you're telling me and my listeners is really that even though there are millions of 
Christians and other conservatives who believe for life when this horrible decision was handed down, this defeat for the anti-abortion uh, movement, it was like nobody cared enough. To, I guess really all you all we could do or anyone who was there was show our displeasure. Uh, you know, I guess maybe hoping the news media picked up on it. But you're saying that there seemed to be apathy. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we, you know, there would either be people who were, you know, because we didn't know which way it was going to go, right? Happy that it had gone well or, you know, um, protesting the fact that it hadn't. And so I, I walked over to, there was a big crowd of media, probably 30, 40 media there. And I said, boy, you know, has anyone been here? And they said, yeah, there's a few people here, you know, just before you got here. Um, but they're gone now. And then one of the media guys looked at me and he, in a really kind of a sympathetic voice, he said, you know, if you want to make a difference, you got to show up. And that really, you know, struck me. And then uh, I was just stunned. And then all of a sudden I saw two people walk up with a poster. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, somebody's here. And so I rushed up after them and they all pulled out, got the poster and it said, uh, against the death penalty. They, were, they weren't even there for the, you know, for the official um you know, what was going on that day. And there were some people earlier, so I, I I shouldn't, there was nobody, you know, by the time we had gotten there, but apparently these two pictures are last break. Well, why do, you think this, why do you think this happened? Because there's a lot of ministries that are focused uh, fighting abortion uh, all over the country, but especially in Washington. Some of them have, you know, some kind of headquarters there where they have staff and different ones, and of course a lot of volunteers why do you think none of them cared? Yeah, well, I'm going to put Dick on right after this, but the whole, that, that's really the point. And this, there, a lot of people talk, a lot of people write, a lot of people do things, but, um, you know, the whole point is physically being there. You know, it, it just, it just aren't the people. And the contrast between, you know, hundreds and thousands of people demonstrating with hate and against everything we stand for, and then we can't muster a few people up for something like this. I and mean, then just yesterday, uh, we had uh, the, the demonstration to support the Christians in China. Yeah, I mean, in Hong Kong, you know, the terrible decision came down on the 30th. We were able to muster four Christians and some people from Hong Kong. I think we had 10 people, you know. And so the way the media looks at it is, you know, the really kind guy from, from one of the main networks, he said, you know, if you don't show up, you can't complain. Um, so I'm going to pass this on over to Dick. And uh, before you, one of the things that, yeah. Before you do, um, introduce Dick to my listeners who might not be familiar with him or his ministry or his uh, history. Right. Um, and um, just so you know, uh, Dick's halfway through reading your book, and he thinks it's fantastic. But you got to put something in the back that tells what what people should do. So that was an interesting view on it. But um, Dick Simmons, just like you mentioned, you know, uh, between uh, David Wilkerson's book and Harold Brinson's books and, and Pat Robertson's, every time you open up a book on the history of what, I, what we call the Fourth Great Awakening, the charismatic movement, Dick Simmons was there in the beginning. And um, he's, for the past almost 30 years, um, done, I think, one of the most powerful ministries uh, literally across the street. And this is why what we've been going on these last few days is so important. You know, this whole point has been you have to be 
be able to go to the Senate, you know, if there's a hearing, show up at the hearing, uh, be at the Supreme Court, physically be here, uh, besides praying. And then um, his, he was, he'll talk about it better than I can. But the one thing that just really um, touched me is the vision to raise up a million men um, to take back the country. And I think this whole Black Lives Matter and the Antifa thing has challenged us. You know, if they can raise hundreds of thousands of people to demonstrate for evil, um, you know, I think the call is on us to respond. And I think it's really um, for those of us that are believers, you know, we've got four months to this next election. We've got so many things happening, but we need to show up and we need to be demonstrating what our faith is. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> pass this over to Dick, but he's um, just an inspiration to a whole generation. And another thing that, that I think is so important is we live in a day and age when everything is, you know, a marketing plan and an app and an internet, whatever. But people forget that the it's the miracles of God that change everything. And we're working on, on you know, trying to get working on his book where he's telling the story of the amazing miracles that God does without an app and without a plan and without a marketing. And I think that's the message, especially for the next generation, that God steps in, you know, when nothing is there and does a miracle. And that's what changes history. So let me pass it on to uh, Dick. Well, hello, Dick, and welcome to my podcast. I don't often get to interview uh, two people by phone. I really appreciate your insights. And what can you add to what uh, Ken has just told us? Well, <clears throat> I've been here again. Or, or my wife and I came in 99, and uh, in 94, actually, in Israel groups coming in, but generally on a decision like this, you do have a large show. There'll be a large on both sides of the issue. And the pro-life people are there, and also the the pro-abortion, pro-choice people. So they do come, and why they weren't there this time, I don't know, that's an exception. So what Um, needs to be done in the future? How do we rally people? How do we get the message out how important it is to show up like Ken was saying? Well, it's again, we're surprised because they track, these groups uh, do track what's happening. In this case, they weren't there. But uh, that hasn't been the, the problem in the past. Uh, especially on the life issues. So is this indicate a shift? Are people becoming more passive? No, I I wouldn't say that. It's a mystery to me why there wasn't a large show there. That doesn't happen. (laughs) Well, you know, Uh, we hope this is passed around and sent to people. You know how it is, and uh, to get the word out. So if you could... Give a word or a message to the pro-life uh, movement, let's say, or certainly the leaders who might listen to this. Um, what would that be? They, well, they'll usually get the information from their own uh, uh, leaders, and because they're they're putting out messages on on uh, email, and uh, they'll be ready. Uh, but. Uh, I don't know. Again, I haven't talked to the leaders, but I know the key leaders like Alan Parker and others uh, that have 
stood for on these cases so well, done the legal work as well as challenge the women. They, for example, they have a, a scroll they filled out that has been signed by over, uh, I think it was a couple, probably about 50,000 women uh, voting against this. And I, I, I'm surprised they didn't have it here. But somehow something caught them off guard. And uh, I I generally I, I expect them to be there. Their leaders are good in, in notifying. Well, um, as, now, as, as we wrap up the podcast, I need to talk to Ken again. But I just want to thank you for the way that you have uh, been such a leader over the years. Uh, I understand that you're 88 years old now. You were involved in the early days with Pat Robertson and Harold Bredesen and Robert Walker and a lot of uh, the great leaders of the last generation. Of course, Pat is the only one I mentioned who's still with us. And I just want to thank you and the prayer ministry that Ken was describing that you have. Well, is so important. You. It's largely behind the scenes, but uh, I know that you're powerful in the spirit realm and powerful with God. Well, um, just realize that they're, they're, they realize how serious this loss is and they're if you go online, you'll find a lot of responses to it, but, and it's discouraging because it just seemed it, it wasn't asking that much, and what they were asking for was really medically so sound and needed. But uh, here's the one thing I, I would leave you with, and why I'm here: the Lord met us way back in 1980 in the state of Oregon and we saw an outpouring of the spirit in Portland but it came as a result of getting men out of bed at 4 o'clock every morning and giving the tithe of their day at the beginning of the day to pray that God would turn the battle and give us an awakening and they prayed they did pray and we began to see a real turn and it was powerful and from there, the Lord said, if you can get 100,000 men giving a tithe of their day every day, they can turn them, they can end abortion and turn, turn America around. And so, and also the Lord spoke to me that, that Pat would be willing to help us. And uh, we met with Pat. Uh, uh, after that, and he smiled. He didn't give me the microphone, but uh, he uh, again, we went back as we've worked on this over the last 30 years, and uh, he smiled again and said, Well, God will have to speak to me 10 years later. 10 years after that, he contacted me, he and Gordon, and said, We want to help you get them in. And I went back to the Lord and I said, 20 or 25 years ago, you told me that if we could get 100,000 men praying every morning and tied to their day, they could turn the nation around and end abortion. And he said, I said, would that work now? And the Lord said to me, no, it would have worked then. You'll, you'll need a half a million now. And that was 10 years ago, so we figured that number is probably doubled to where it's uh, equal to the number of children we're destroying in every county in America. 
So it's on a one-to-one basis. And uh, I'm just amazed that when you get, when you can give this message to men, they respond. But see, the good news is that we've seen a movement with the, the youth in the 80s that is now, you know, houses of prayer and everything have swept across the country and around the world. And then the women, uh, Women's Glow started in our living room in Seattle. And we've seen this, these networks go around the world. But we haven't yet seen the men really take the leadership. And the men are the real warriors and they're the offense. Uh, if we're going to stop abortion, the men are going to have to lead the way. And our goal is to get the number of men in every county of the babies that are being killed praying every morning. Well, that's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful goal. And, of course, that's another story we need to cover another day. But uh, if Ken could uh, come back on the line, I'll give him the last word. Ken, I want to give you the last word as we wrap up this podcast and just ask you if there, if this is a new trend. Is there apathy in the church, and how do you think this will affect the election in November. Yeah, well, I think Dick brings an interesting point. Um, you know, there, there, when I was there, there was nobody there, but there was, there's a few people there. But I think it's a, it's a matter of degree. In other words, right across the park, there's 500 people show up to pull down a monument, you know, and at best we can pull 10, 20, 30 people. And I think the point is that, uh, like that, that journalist said to me, he said, if you don't show up, you can't request it. So I think um, Dick's putting out a call, and I think he's absolutely correct. We need a million men to stand up and take the country back. And if we don't, then we can't blame anybody else but ourselves. And I think the inspiration of watching Black Lives Matter and Antifa, watching these people, I mean, it's I, I wish people could be in these crowds. I mean, it's incredible. They're organized. They show up. They run like clockwork. They're passionate, but they're just old-fashioned evil. And the challenge is to us. We've got four months, and and history. Someone just said yesterday, this coming election is next to the election of of, uh, Abraham Lincoln following his in in importance. I think you bring bring that up in your your book as well, but it's an absolutely critical time. And I think we have to to be careful, you know. Um, Here's the president. He he, got rid of the Johnson Amendment so we can say anything we want in churches now. You know, he's done everything. and I think just to end, it uh, just broke my heart because uh, about a month ago, you know, the churches were uh, churches weren't allowed to, you know, having all kinds of problems meeting. And the, the sweet man, you know, the president found out about it. And on the Friday, he had a press conference, and it was just amazing. He said, "Look, I've got the Department of Justice to to make a special ruling, so you're protected. I've got the the CDC to do a medical." Uh, evaluation. So you don't have to worry about the medical part. And I've done an executive order for myself. So go out and go to church on Sunday. And we had an interview with one of the top media, I won't say the name, but one of the top media uh, for an interview with a pastor that had done church uh, as a result of what the president had said. And we spent all, all weekend trying to find one pastor that would come on TV to give testimony to what happened on Sunday when they met in their churches. And we couldn't find anybody. So I think 
I think Dick's point is is well taken, and we've, and we've got four months to heed it. We need a million men that will stand up and take the country back, and if they can do it for Antifa and Black Lives Matter, we sure should be able to. So that's his challenge, and I think he's just right on. Well, thank you to both of you for being on my podcast. You've certainly given us a lot to think and pray about, and uh, these are very, very serious times, and uh, the Christian Church has to stand up. It's the message that I tried to get through in my book, God Trump at the 2020 Election, of just how very important it is and how really the church needs to stand up and kind of where is God in all this and what is he saying and how do we come against the evil that you describe because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers and evil places. And and with that, um, we'll leave it there and uh, I'll thank my listeners for tuning in to my podcast today and tune in again tomorrow for another one on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Stephen Strang. God bless you.